Welcome, everyone, to episode 350 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Oh, I'm well. Should, should I say my name, Corey? Yes, you should. Okay. I didn't know if I, need, if I needed to be introduced now. No, no. You're still part of the show. You're just on randomly. Uh, I'm just a... Uh, just, uh, uh, what's the word? Not slacker. Is You're a surrogate for, somebody, for Eric right somebody now. Somebody who never shows up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's, I know there's a name for it, but my brain functionality is probably at about 25% right now. So, eh. I'm not going for the word. Uh, so today's topic is going to be Nino Cooney 2, which is why Corey's on the episode this week. He's played quite a bit of Nino Cooney 2. Uh, he was looking forward to it and has enjoyed it to this point from from at least from the last time I talked to him about it. So mm-hmm. that is going to be our main topic. Does anyone have anything they want to tease for later on in the episode? I pretty much played only Far Cry 5 since last week, so uh-huh. I'll probably be talking a little bit more about that. Okay. Corey, anything? Nay. Okay. Just Nino Cooney? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm probably not going to stick around for the whole epi if that's all right. Yeah. Oh my unless you're, lord! Unless you're counting on me, <laughs> no, okay. no. But I mean, we get done at like what? It'll be ten o'clock probably when we finish. Yeah, probably. You guys are ridiculous. Why? What you, you what you do hour longs now? No, no it's usually uh, a hair under hour and a half, hour yeah. fifteen, usually. Oh, and you um, have people distracting us less, we can get through the episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Less, le- fewer tangents. Uh, so I, the, I played a new game. It's uh, Kirby Star Allies, which I will be talking about. It came out uh, three weeks ago, maybe, for, for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, we actually got it for my son for Easter. So uh, that's what I'm going to be. That's what I've been playing. That's what I'll be talking about during what I played. Oh, Corey, so. you have to be here for your week. Mm, so you can why? talk about your, your cake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Good call. That's nerd, nerdum like top tier right there. Oh, my birthday cake, yeah. We can talk about that. Uh, well, let's get started then. Nino Kuni Two Revenant Kingdom. Corey, how much did you play? I think just a hair under twenty hours. Oh wow, okay. Uh, I thought it was a little bit more, but when I logged in yesterday, I'm like, oh, I guess I've only played this much. But I think that's still a good amount. Um, I think I think how long to beat has it at like 30 hours for the main story but i saw like platinum ming it takes about 80 hours so oh wow yeah there's a lot of side stuff that you can do in this i can imagine and yeah uh that doesn't necessarily need to be done i guess right no i've probably i've probably played i would say eight to ten hours i just finished chapter three i just got to the part where you start building your kingdom Mm -hmm. uh putting in actual buildings and stuff in it so well how far did you play I only put in two so far. Two hours? Yeah. Okay. It's actually been fairly difficult to find time to sit down and play it between uh, you two playing it a lot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. I, f- I, f- I always feel bad, too, about playing it because it's, Co- it's Corey's game on Steam, and I don't want to take away from his time with his own game. So you, guys you, ever... know the, you guys know the drill. Yeah. Play it whenever you want, and if I log in and want to play it, I'll boot you off. Yeah, that's fine. It lets you save pretty much any time, so... Mm-hmm. Unless you're in a dungeon, but there's save points fairly frequently yeah. uh, splattered around. All right, Corey, we'll uh, we'll start with you. Uh, Nino Cooney, what do we what do we got here? So it's been a while since I played the first one. Uh, I don't remember too much about it, except for the art style, which has certainly carried through into this game. Yeah, 
which uh, is is my favorite part of Nino Kuni Two is the presentation. Um, I just think it's one of those games from start to finish, like any loading screen or menu or uh, interstitial of any sort. Like everything is polished, and one of, that's one thing I really liked about Civ Six is is just this this grand presentation and in this nice little package. I don't know. Um, one of my favorite parts and examples in Nino Kuni Two is the chapter interludes. Where you mm-hmm. get the little bit of narration, and then the guy says "Chapter Four, and it's like a little fairy tale storybook rollout of the title and all that stuff. I don't know why that stuff appeals to me so much, uh, but when you pair that with the the normal gameplay's art style and everything, it's just it's just a really pretty escape. Yeah, you know what it is? It's it's attention to detail. You know, yeah. they took they took the time to make sure the transition from one chapter to another is a is a pleasant experience along with the rest of the game. Yep. You know, it it like I said, it's attention to detail. It shows, you know, they spent some time with this game, you know. Definitely. Definitely. And um that I mean that for me is good on its own, but I think the gameplay and everything else that comes with it is is there to back it up. Yeah. There's a surprising amount of systems in this game. There is a lot going on in it. Uh, which I like. I feel like when they first introduce a new system in this game, I f- I'm like, oh man, I'm never, never going to get this. And then you spend like two minutes in the menus looking at it, and you're like, oh, that's that's easy, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so there is a lot of stuff, but it's not uh, it's not super complex, right? Yeah, and that's one one issue I have with the game that sort of plays into that because there are a lot of systems and a lot of min maxing and tweaking that you can do to really improve improve your party uh but the game's overall fairly easy mm-hmm. and it's a complaint i've seen echoed online too so i'm not alone in that um and i made the mistake something i like to do when i play role-playing games is figure out how to optimize things early on for to have success down the road i always talk about how i i like when there's game breaking uh, systems put in that if you figure out and tweak exactly, you can become super powerful. Um, I don't know why I like that so much, but uh, what happens when you take advantage of those things is the game gets boring. I mean, there's a reason why we don't use cheat, cheat codes anymore because it makes the game too easy and boring. Um, and Nino Kuni 2 is, in my opinion, too easy. So it kind of sucks to have all those systems built in without really a need to tweak them. Uh, they're fun. It's fun to do, you know, change which part, which uh, uh, elemental elemental spells your party is strong against, uh, tweak what kind of items the enemies drop, like all those things are fun to mess with. But because the game's easy, there's not really a reason to spend a lot of time on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, the mistake I made early on is there's this thing called the tactic tweaker, and that's tweaking things about your party. Uh, and there's this one grid where you can adjust sliders and you can choose whether you want enemies to drop more experience or more gold or more rare items or more rare materials and you have to choose between the two um and right off the bat i set my sliders all the way to more experience thinking i was you know trying to get out ahead of the game a little bit but uh it turns out i didn't even really need to do that and i was already over leveled for an easy game which kind of made 
the the early parts of the game a breeze for me and i've scaled that back ever since just to try and up the difficulty a little bit but i find myself like approaching enemies that are five to ten levels higher than me before the game is challenging Mm -hmm. yeah i'm kind of finding the same we talked about this on easter actually uh, and you warned me not to put anything into the experience boost and i haven't I've also tried not to fight everything on the way to whatever my my goal is, because that's that's my normal go to in an RPG like this is to fight all the random encounters on your way, because a lot of times you do need that experience uh, to level up your characters to be powerful enough. But yeah, in this in this game's case, I've had one battle where one of my characters lost their all their health and that that's it. You know, it's it's other than that, it's been it's been pretty easy. Mm hmm. I think I, I I did die. I did have a couple TPWs, total party wipeouts. I don't, do people still say that? Is that still a thing? I don't think that was ever a thing. <laughs> TPW. Yeah, I think we it was it was in like the EverQuest uh, yeah. handbook. I don't know that it, maybe it was a thing. I don't remember. Whoever wrote that handbook was like, "There's got to be a phrase. For, I'll just make one up." Yeah, and then I'll and then people people might have had it carried it along as a joke. Uh, well, anyway, I had a couple TPWs fighting some of there's uh, like contracts you can ha- you can get uh, side quests to hunt more difficult monsters that are like enhanced with evil and they have like a purple aura around them on the world map. Yeah. Uh, and they're a little bit more difficult, but I, tr- I tried to fight one that was like 10 levels above me and I couldn't run from the battle. Uh, so I just had to let it kill me because I was just doing no damage and I was just using up all my items trying to beat them. So that happened um speaking of the world map though how did you feel about the chibi art style on the world map uh it took me back at first i was yeah. not expecting it but me too. Uh, once like once i got used to it i was like oh that's that's kind of neat yeah uh yeah you the 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 chibi art styles for the world map and then the normal graphics which if you're in the live stream uh that's what it looks like when you're in like a dungeon or a town or something like that so yep. it's, it's it's neat it's a neat neat transition I started to get a little worried too because I, I don't I don't know exactly how long I had played the game before I even saw the world map. Um, so at that point, they probably could have showed me anything, and I would have been grateful. I would have been like, "Yeah, all right, a world map." Yeah. Maybe they were worried about what people would think of the chibi, so they like delayed it until you were grateful to see a world map. Oh yeah, I don't know. I never never thought about that. It was like two hours in, I think, before you before you get to that point. It was a while. It was definitely after the first chapter. Mm-hmm. Well, let's yeah, talk it, ab- it was right after the first chapter. Yeah, let's talk about uh, some of the systems more in depth here. Uh, first, the the combat system. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have your your standard uh, slash attack and then power attack. Uh, there's jump abilities, and then uh, you all every character also has ranged. Uh, so the one of the main characters has a like a pistol that he uses uh evan the the king who was deposed by the um i don't even what it mouse people what are yeah, they yeah mousing mousignor mousignor they have a name for their species but i'm not sure what it is yeah i'm not familiar enough with the nino kuni universe to remember any of that but um yeah he he's got magic and then uh some of the characters have bows uh that that's i think i've only unlocked four of the party members so far um, but then there's there's uh, variations on that, and the are they called Higgle, Higgledies? Higgledies, yeah. Higgledies. I haven't quite figured them out completely, but they're basically like little uh, little spirits, I guess. Yeah, little sprites. 
uh, that have elemental types, and you have them in your party, and they're named ones, but they're in like a group of others, and they're they kind of scatter themselves on the battlefield. Uh, and you can activate their abilities. They'll have like a ring on the battlefield. And you go in there and you push A uh, and it'll activate whatever their ability is. So like uh, there seems to be neutral ones that they'll have like a cannon that they spawn. Uh, and then there's uh, green ones which do healing or seem to do healing. I don't know if it's the same ability that they do every time or if it's different. Uh, and then I got a purple one too that uh, does like a dark magic damage. Yep. Have you have you crafted any Higgledies? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Like I said, I haven't tinkered too much with that. I, I I mostly wanted to get as far into the story as I could right. in my in my playing time. So I haven't sat down with the systems much. So uh, that what the, the the Higgledies are basically an extremely simplified version of what existed in the first game. The mm-hmm. first game was almost like Pokemon. Like you were capturing monsters and then using them and going into their, if I remember correctly, you were actually in, in combat, were going into their menus and picking which attacks and stuff you wanted to do. Uh, or you drew attacks from the the Pokemans you had? I can't remember. But yeah, this, I mean, this really streamlined and simplified it. The, the Higgledies each have their own set of different abilities. They have a passive ability. They have an active ability. They have a super ability. Uh, and then another one that I can't think of. Um, and yeah, you just, all you have to do is go up and once they're a indicator pops up in combat, just go up to them and press A, and then one of their abilities will activate. But there's even more nuance within that that I haven't even figured out. I was actually just yeah. reading about today. Like they can like synergize if they all have this the same hat on or something like that. Like there's a lot <laughs> of depth there that is which, never explained in which, game. Yeah, which I kind of like. I like that you can figure that stuff out, but at the same time, I mean, if it's going to make the game easier, I guess it's not a good thing. But is there ways to like raise it? Is there different difficulty levels? I never even looked. No. No, just the one difficulty level. Yeah. So I guess you wouldn't have any reason to necessarily do that unless you were doing some high level. Yeah, I would imagine, considering that's such a popular complaint, uh, I would imagine that whatever they're doing for DLC would either include a difficulty mode of some sort or new game plus yeah like a new game plus or just like ch- challenges you know r- combat challenges with awesome drops or something like that mm. i think people would really appreciate that and i was reading that a lot of pc g- gamers are going into the game and hacking it to make it more difficult mm. so i mean i get it the the theme and story and everything it's it's um it's definitely a G-rated experience from start to finish, really. I mean, it's all about Roland, as Dan mentioned, his kingdom, or Evan, his kingdom getting overthrown, and then he wants to build a kingdom where everybody's happy. It's very fa- fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's another part of the reason why I like it so much, is it's it's frustration-free. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a very light, happy, positive story. Um, and not difficult, you know, there's, there's not very many things to, that would convince you to put the controller down, which is something I have been struggling against recently. So mm-hmm. I forget what, where we're, why we were talking about that, but <laughs> just, just the different system. So yeah, there's, there's that there's, um, like strategy battles where you're leading groups of troops into battle. I think you can have up to four groups in a battle. I've only done two or three of these, yeah. uh, and I've only had two groups, but it's uh, it's it's basically like a strategy game, a mini strategy game. 
Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's um even at my my twenty hours, and I, I think the most you can have is four at any given time. Four group, four groups. Yep, and they they line themselves up. Um, your troops are arranged around the main character Evan, uh, and then you move them through the strategy map, fighting enemies. And the enemies and and your soldiers, it works. The combat works on like a rock paper scissors kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you can rotate. Like fire emblem. Yep, you can. Except it's live. I mean, it's live action. Not live action. Real time. Real time. Um, so you can spin your troops to get the favorable rock, paper, scissors matchup. Uh, but there's a lot of nuance within that as well. I mean, your your character, Evan, can use superpowers uh, within those strategy games. I've grown quite fond of using the one that the pirates fly in and drop bombs on the enemy. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um and then each of those armies that you have are are recruitable non-player characters in your kingdom, and they have their own abilities and strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that within them. Uh, one person I recruited has this really cool, like, um, they're a bowman army, and they have this really cool, like, stealth attack that they do that's very effective. Um, but yeah, that's a whole other a whole other type of combat within the yeah. game. That's that's pretty cool. And the way you come upon those is you're just out on the world map and you can see the army flags and then you just go up to them and then enter the enter the battle. A few of them are connected to the story, so you have to do them. But most of them, I think, you can just skip if you're not not interested or into that. But it's the, some of that stuff is pretty crazy. It's all scripted, so you go into battle and a lot of weird stuff happens and there's mm-hmm. dragons flying around and it, it gets pretty insane, but it's fun. Yeah. And then uh, the, at least the last of the main systems is the killed kingdom building uh, system, which I actually just unlocked the last time I played. Uh, so, yeah, you, you build a, a kingdom. I won't spoil what they call it, but, uh, you know, you name your kingdom. But then you build buildings and upgrade your buildings within that. And then you have, uh, like Corey talked about, the NPCs. Uh, you, have them, you have them run the buildings and do research for you in the buildings, which unlocks new weapons, items, spells, etc., cetera, uh, which is also really neat. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, just starting to dig into that a little bit. So, Yeah, that's probably my favorite part is to, after I've been playing for a while, go back to the, the kingdom mm-hmm. and collect... Uh, all the all the goods from my coffers, all the money and the items that my my characters have recruited or found for me. Yeah, some of the, re- up the buildings. There's a it's a pretty deep kingdom building sim, mm-hmm. surprisingly deep. It doesn't seem it at first, but the 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 more you play, the 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 more you'll see. Yeah, uh, when I was reading reviews for this game, a lot of people said that that was their favorite part was the the building the build, building of the kingdom, which. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's just a system that I'm kind of just starting right now, and I already like really like the game so far. So if it yeah, just gets and, better, and what's nice about that is it's kind of you can take it in whatever direction you want. There's no set path. The only benefits you get out of building the kingdom are um, benefits to the, your actual character and your party, mm-hmm. uh, items and better equipment to buy and those kind of things. So, do you think it has a, an effect on the outcome of the game? I doubt it. It doesn't seem like that kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like the story is the story. The story is the story, and what you do in it is what you do in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Do you, uh, anything else you want to add about it, Corey? I think if you like RPGs, uh, especially fantasy RPGs, or even if you're an anime fan, I think there's something to enjoy here. Um, mm-hmm. It's 
it's not one of those games I'd recommend to everybody because it yeah. is it's a pretty cute game. Um, I'm trying to think like what game I could compare it to. I mean, like Final Fantasy 15 is a pretty good comparison. Uh, obviously, Final Fantasy 15 is a lot darker. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I, there's definitely some similarities there. Yep. Yeah, I'm okay. not sure what else I could compare it to, but I, I, I love it. The music yeah. is great. Music. Forgot to mention the music. It's yes. awesome. Music is very. I forget great. the name of the composer, but uh, apparently he's a well-known name. Okay. Yeah, I'm also uh, really enjoying Nino Kuni too thus far. As I said, I'm only about eight to ten hours in, but uh, it's definitely one I'm going to keep playing. Oh, I should say it runs really, really well on my computer too. Same, which is nice. Um, on my ultra wide monitor, it's definitely the uh, increased field of view. It's uh, it runs smooth as silk. I think I have it on on mostly high settings, uh, maybe a few that are down to medium, but it looks fantastic. So I wouldn't even know if it was uh, you know top ultra graphics or whatever. It looks and runs great. So. Yeah, I'm a little um, I'm a little concerned about it though. I I don't. It doesn't seem like it's sold too well. Oh, and I really? hope that doesn't mean like no more Nino Kuni because this is the like exact style of game I enjoy mm-hmm. and want to see more of. Yeah, I mean, I also feel like they have a different sales, uh, different metric for what good sales are. That's good you point. know, they they don't have the Square Enix Tomb Raider. Oh, we wanted this game to sell 10 million copies. You know, and it only sold seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, I would like to see this game on Nintendo Switch. I see no reason why it can, unless they have some sort of deal with Sony. Yeah, I which mean, they maybe, may because the first game eventually. was a PlayStation exclusive. So yeah, who knows? But it's possible. It should run great on Switch. I can't see any reason why it wouldn't. Like I said, it runs fabulous. I know I, my computer is actually kind of getting a little bit old at this point. My processor came out in 2011. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> I think my settings were all like medium or something like that. Yeah. But it still looked awesome, so I wasn't going to mess with it as long as yep. it was smooth. And it's not worth it now to upgrade your computer, especially if you need a new graphics card. No. The, the high cost because of Bitcoin mining. It's terrible. Cri- cryptocurrency mining. I'm trying to see um, if there's any difficulty mods on steam oh for nino kuni does it have mod support steam workshop support i don't think so at least not through steam but a lot of times they talk about adding it later no uh in the community they talk they talk about where you can get those mods Mm -hmm. and how to install them i don't see anything off the top of my head but oh nope never mind (laughs) okay uh so yeah definitely definitely thumbs up for me uh, I wish I had gotten to play more, but I've had a lot going on, so I had I didn't I only played like I said eight to ten hours, but uh, it's definitely one to continue. So, Will, did you have anything else you wanted to add about it? No, you guys have been you guys covered it pretty well. Uh, I, I really like it. I plan on beating it at some point. Uh, I've just been really caught up in Far Cry. Yeah, that I've got Far Cry like the angel and devil on my shoulder. <laughs> Nino Kuni being the angel and Far Cry being the devil. Saying buy me and play me, uh, but I probably I'll probably wait because I've got a lot of other stuff to play currently and more stuff coming out which we'll cover. So, okay, uh, nibble bits. Will you want to get started with nibble bits? Yes, I have one nibble bit. Uh, mm-hmm. It might be the nibble bit I'm most excited for this year. 
Spyro Reignited Trilogy confirmed for PS4, Xbox One. Um, I think it's coming to Switch and PC a little bit later, but they've been teasing it all week, and today at PAX East, they finally uh, announced it. Uh, I don't know, have either of you two seen anything? Uh, You sent me the trailer, and I didn't get to watch it because we were... uh, Occupado. Occupado, but I'm playing it in in the stream right now. Oh man, I it looks so good. Um, I know I sent a screenshot this morning of what the game looks like. They opted for not the Skylanders graphics for Spyro, which I'm pretty happy for. Um, I don't think that was a good look for Spyro, but it looks awesome. I keep watching the trailer over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. It's going to be coming out um, September 21st. 21st. It's going to be $40 like the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Uh, and it's going to be the re... Remake of Spyro 1, uh, Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage, and Spyro 3, Year of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yep, I'm really, really excited for This is actually the game I'm most looking forward to right now. It, yeah, uh, for PS4 and Xbox One, uh, there is rumors of a Switch and PC version, but nothing has been confirmed as of yet. So, I, uh, there was apparently an Amazon listing in some somewhere. Uh, I think it was someplace in Europe, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. That had an a- Amazon listing for Nintendo Switch uh, Spyro. So, well, I I'm know hoping that, for that, but there's no nothing confirmed yet. I know Crash Bandicoot is getting a Switch release, so yeah. it's only a matter of time for that for Spyro. I, I hope so because I won't be playing it if it's on Xbox One and PS4 only. So, what a packed month September is kind of shaping up to be. Yeah, that's that's how things happen. Mm-hmm. The fall, the fall lineup's just going to start filling up. And it's funny, the game I'm most looking forward to is a remake. An old old three games. <laughs> 40, 40 bucks, though, that's I think that's a more than fair price. I would pay that for the first game. Yeah, I would pay 40 bucks for just, just one of the games. Yeah, but we're getting all three, and like I said, seeing some of the graphics, like it looks unbelievable yeah. what they did. Yeah, so. it's, it, 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 it doesn't even look like the same game. No, it really that's how, doesn't. That's how much of an, an improvement it is. It's just like you see Lofty Castle from the first game, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like it's weird to see it. I like because I played Spyro the first, like the first one fairly recently within the last year and a half, and like so, like I have a very fresh memory on all of these things, and like seeing them redone is just really cool to see. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I have three nibble bits. My first one is that Shadow of War permanently removed microtransactions from from the game um that's what six months after after release yep so yeah i don't know if it wasn't working out for them uh, apparently the de- developers said that it, it kind of defeated the purpose of the nemesis system and uh you know creating relationships with these orcs if you could just roll the dice and have some magically created for you that kind of kind of defeated the purpose of the game so mm-hmm. it's good I'm always a fan of microtransactions being removed. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so that's that's a quick one. The next one is Steam is giving away Crusader Kings 2 for the next 48 hours. Uh, I've talked plenty about Crusader Kings 2. I've put hundreds of hours into Crusader Kings 2. Uh, if you have a computer, just or even if you don't, don't have anything decent, 
Uh, just just get it. It's free. And it's not one of those play free for the weekend. If you download it and add it to your library, it will uh, it will permanently be in your library. So I'm hoping that means they're gearing up for an announcement for Crusader Kings 3. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I could see that actually get, you know, go out the second game, getting yeah. ready for the new, the new one. Yeah, build some hype. That's a good um, way to do it, at least. Yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, and then my last one, this has been floating around as a controversy for a little while now. So I, I, we, I don't think we ever talked about it, but the Nintendo Switch 5.0 update uh, bricked a lot of Nintendo Switch consoles uh, because people were using aftermarket or third-party uh, docks, Switch docks. So um, it's been it's been a little bit of a controversy for a little while. Um but Nintendo apparently released a statement saying what like USB cables you can use. Uh, so pretty much anything USB-C to USB-C is safe to use. It's when you're using USB-A to USB-C that you have to be careful and you have to make sure it's got a certain, I think it's a 56K resistor. Um, I tweeted the article, so if you want the specifics on that, uh, go, go for it. But uh, my biggest thing was, why were people using a aftermarket docks? I know the official dock was pretty expensive. Uh, when they first announced it, the replacement was $90. I think they've come down in price. I think you can get them for 60 for the most part now. But I don't know. It just seems like such delicate electronics go in there that why would you take a chance with something that uh potentially like even the third parties are knockoff like cheap chinese crap you know that was manufactured for two dollars and sold for 30 you know Uh, i'm gonna say it's the same reason people get um like apple chargers that are apple chargers like the yeah and there's there's good third party brands but you have to be careful especially on amazon like there's a lot of counterfeit products on there yeah uh, that you have to be careful of uh, we got a bunch of uh, for my uh, my my friend's computer business. We got a bunch of uh, Windows 10 copies that they had opened the package and taken the key and redeemed the key and then closed it back up and shipped it to us. Ugh. I think we had an order of like five copies of Windows and only one had a key that we could activate. The rest, four of them were were counterfeit. That's crazy. <laughs> so be careful. Yeah, do your research when you're uh, ordering stuff. Yeah. Well, not just that, but as I said, you know, charging is one thing, but the the tech that goes into the switch dock, you know, it takes video and charges simultaneously uh, from the from the switch dock and into the TV. So it's the electronics are a little more um, sophisticated than just a normal USB-C cable. And I know that the docks were working, but I don't know. I just I would never do it. Yeah. Just don't be lazy and move your dock around if you need to. <laughs> yep. You know? So, yeah, that's that. Uh, another nibble bit worth mentioning is that the new Spider-Man game is coming out September 7th. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, also, Don't Starve is coming out on the Nintendo Switch next week, and Firewatch is coming out on the Nintendo Switch soon. I don't I think it might be next week also. Still no Hollow Knight, huh? Still no Hollow Knight, uh, but I'm probably going to end up buying Don't Starve again. <laughs> for the fourth uh, time uh, yeah I, I mean that was the game i played the most on my ps4 when i had it uh, i played quite a bit on computer but having it i think i have it on the wii u also it's funny i was actually sitting there and i'm like i'm surprised don't it was like a week ago i'm like i'm surprised don't starve is not on the switch yet mm-hmm. uh and sure enough yeah. and it's 
all got all be, the DLC coming too. Yep, it's all the DLC, but it is not the co-op. That's a different game, I guess, completely. Yeah, together. Don't starve together. Yeah, it's Reign of Reign of Giants. Reign no, no, Reign of Giants is uh, the DLC for the game. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's coming with it, and then the new shipwrecked one is coming with it. So, okay. for, I think it's twenty dollars for all those, which is a steal. Definitely. So, uh, Will, how's your week? Good. I uh, had Easter. Which was also Corey's birthday this year. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. I <laughs> Corey had probably the coolest uh, birthday cake I had ever seen. <laughs> yes, it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was a Dragon Ball Z made cake. It was my uh, my lovely girlfriend commissioned uh, a special cake for me. I, I jokingly told her I wanted a Dragon Ball Z themed birthday party. Um, to her, I was joking, but deep down, I was not half serious. <laughs> you want you kind of wanted a themed birthday like yeah, that, a DVZ themed birthday. But uh, she uh, she met me in the middle and uh, had uh, one of uh, one of her friends uh, who I guess used to create custom cakes make me a Dragon Ball Z themed cake. It had all seven Dragon Balls and was uh, what's the name of the dragon? Will Shenron, Earth Dragon Shenron. Uh, it was Shenron surrounded by Dragon Balls, so it was a giant cake. It was huge. Um, I ended up throwing away all of the midsection today, or yesterday, I threw it in the garbage. I cut off the head of the dragon and put it in the freezer for later, mm-hmm. and then uh, I saved the last Dragon Ball is in the fridge. I, I should probably eat today, or try to eat today, but it was pretty awesome. I uh, I think I ate two Dragon Balls in one day. <laughs> That's disgusting. That's a lot of cake. I felt sick, but uh, I I was able to do it. We could have taken one of those Dragon Balls and had enough cake for everybody at the (laughs) probably that wanted it at the at the Easter slash birthday celebration. Uh, Yeah, I tried to tackle a whole Dragon Ball myself. Um, Pretty well. I had about half of it. I was gonna say you got you got you had it down. It was too close to after dinner. I just got done eating gross amounts of ham and kielbasa and uh you know egg casserole so i was still a little full it but was I, mean, I took a stab it was funny because i was late to all this because i had to work so i got there and they're like oh yeah the dragon ball cakes in the back room go help yourself so i went back there and i see the dragon balls i'm like oh that, that's really cool i'm like but that's not really cake so i go take my finger and i poke the four star four star dragon ball right in the middle and my finger sinks in i'm like oh it is cake the yummy cake and you ruined the best dragon ball <laughs> that was the first one i ate <laughs> it was sophie had it like in the car while we were traveling too and she's like whatever you do don't look in the trunk so i'm like trying to pack the car get Fiona in the car, like do all that stuff without looking in the, in the back. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Of a, of a station wagon too. Right. Yeah. Which so is hard did, not to look in the trunk. So you didn't have it spoiled for you at all. I did not No. Wow. That's impressive. I didn't, I had no idea what she had in the back. And then she ordered my, some of my gifts on Amazon, my Amazon account. So she's like, don't look at Amazon. Or the and emails like, that Amazon sends you. Exactly. I told her that. I'm like, it's almost impossible for me to not see what you're buying for me on Amazon. Do you? Because even do you, even when you log in, it set, it shows you like recently viewed items. Yeah. It's, it, and like you I, said, the email. I get notif- I get notifications on my phone on yeah. what's ordered and when it's coming. 
So what I did for like the week uh, where I wasn't allowed to look at my own Amazon was as soon as the email popped up that said Amazon, I had to swipe it and delete it mm-hmm. without looking at the subject line, which so I you succeeded at. I was going to say, you succeeded with that too, huh? Yeah. Good work. <laughs> I tried to tell her, I'm like, just don't use my Amazon for my birthday gift. She has a lot of people's Amazon she could use very easily. Yeah, I don't know why she likes using mine, but whatever. Um, I also want to tell you, Corey, I watched the uh, BoJack movie. Oh, you did? I did watch it. I finished it today. I, I was having issues yesterday trying to watch it. The uh, Plexer kept cutting out. So. Oh, really? I yeah. What time? I want to say I tried watching maybe five or six yesterday and only got 20 minutes in. The movie, it's cut up and like. They cut out like filler in the movie, right? Because I saw online it's an hour and twenty minutes, but the movie we had was fifty. Hmm. I guess I never knew or considered that. I don't know if that's the case. It didn't seem like anything was cut out. Well, because they kind of you kind of just jumped right into the middle of the tournament, you know, when you're watching. So I wondered hmm. maybe there was stuff leading up to it. Maybe because you guess- know I. I searched, it was like an hour and 22 minutes for BoJack Unbound, but this one was 50-some hmm. minutes. Not that I really cared, because all the good stuff was in it. Um, yeah, an hour and 22 minutes. What did you think of the end, where Gohan just starts going nuts? That's why Gohan's one of my favorite characters in the show. Yeah. I love when Gohan is mad and just beats the crap out of everybody effortlessly. And he's like screaming. I love the Gohan scream. When he goes, uh, I know your type. Uh, you think you can come to Earth and take it over, but there's one thing you forgot. I'm my father's <laughs> son. And then he turns Super Saiyan. That's yeah. so cool. Oh, it, I love it. As I was telling you over the weekend, it's funny. One day in November, I was like, I want to watch Dragon Ball. Here, Here we, we are. are. Watching all the movies. Watching Fanatics. Super. GT. <laughs> GT. We started watching GT, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm two episodes in GT, which I'm also really liking. Yeah. So that's it for my week. It was just, you know, I'm on spring break, so I've just been consuming media the whole week. Mm-hmm. How long is your break? Uh, Back Monday. Oh, well, that's still, what'd you get a week? Yep. Nice. Plus I'm winding down at the end of the semester, so. Very nice. Yep. All right. What do you have, Corey? Oh, man, what did I do in the last week? been watching a lot of movies a lot of tv shows and movies uh, i'm trying to think if there's anything stand out that's worth talking about i don't really know we watched uh, my friend Dahmer. that was pretty good about jeffrey Dahmer. my um, friend Dahmer, huh what did we watch oh we went to see ready player one on oh. monday we went to see it and um it has a lot of problems but it's also kind of cool so <laughs> it was a it was fun to watch um, I've heard good things about the book. I never read the book. I, I'm familiar with it just because culturally it's yeah. in the same circle as the stuff that we like. Mm-hmm. But um, I never read it. Uh, but I thought this was this was interesting. It's it's surprising to see Steven Spielberg make a movie like this. Um, and then the day after, I watched Game Over Man, which is the new Netflix original comedy with uh, the guys from Workaholics. Oh yeah, basically. A new Die Hard, I guess, with more comedy, less good action, mm-hmm. um, but same kind of premise. That's pretty good, not bad. 
Uh, what the hell else? We started watching Carnival on HBO. That's pretty good. I feel like there was something I really wanted to talk about that I started watching, but I can't recall. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been going through the motions. Now that you have all the free time because you don't do podcasts anymore. It is actually kind of surprising how much that one, like not doing the podcast Thursday nights, like frees up in my week. You know, because if you think about it, it's basically like maybe like six hours of work a week. If you include the actual recording of the podcast and then, you know, going in, doing the doing the website post, doing the social media post, finding nibble bits. Uh, I like to take notes most of the time before episodes. You know, so once you factor in all that stuff, it's like freeing up an extra six hours a week, which goes a long way. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Not that I don't miss recording with you guys, but. No, it's okay. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> we we joked earlier that you quit because we tease you too much. That's part of it. <laughs> yeah, you cut out cut out all the negativity. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, so I I mean I don't know how in depth we want to go, but that was part of it. It was just a uh, the way I I pitched it to you guys was like a rethinking of priorities. In part, a lot of it was cutting out any negativity or anything like that. Not that Thumbstick Athletes is negative. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I was trying to bury you there. <laughs> to be honest, though, there is a lot of negativity in the gaming. In gaming. Oh, yeah. Gaming culture. And uh, it is kind of nice to just remove yourself from it and not think about it. We try, we try not to uh, bring much negativity in. We try to try to stay positive here and yeah. not hateful. Right. So. It's it's funny the 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 things we are most negative about are people being negative. <laughs> That's you very know? true. Yeah. Oh, once we, a we, week I'm complaining about how people are being ridiculous online about something. Yeah. It's exhausting. It really is. And then trying to keep up with it and then formulate your own hot take on it is it's very tiring. It really is. Yeah. I know it's a first world problem, but well, gaming's a weird thing where if you take a game, there's going to be two sides. It's going to be the don't you dare insult my baby mentality where they're going to get super defensive. And then you got the overly compensating to poke fun at something. Which is also yep. just as annoying. Yep. So you and it's like that with everything in gaming. It's really, really annoying. Yeah. Totally agree. I don't think I have anything for my week that I needed to talk about. We saw Eric today. Lord of the Rings. I should say, I meant to say that at the top of the episode. The reason why Eric was not on this episode is because he's in New York visiting family. Uh, His wife is going to be in a wedding. So she was here doing like wedding stuff with with the bride and and their home for the week. So that's that's why he's not on this week. I usually like to say at the top of the episode. But as I said, I'm functioning with about 25% brain brain capacity so i feel like an idiot because i i really wanted to to see eric and the baby and christy but i for some reason just thought we would be meeting uh like later in the evening Mm -hmm. so i never put anything in my work calendar and then i also never thought somebody would schedule a meeting from four to five today yeah um which really i probably wouldn't have come down anyway because by the time i got down there would be seven you know, yeah. 
So uh, I felt like an idiot, but I'll have to make it up to Eric and and I do want to see him. So I'll have to make the trip down to Seaville. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it, Will. I'm willing to take a Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Yeah, I would definitely do that. We just got to pick a date. We got to get with Eric and just pick a date. And then that's that's the key. It's got to be before May 21st. I could do that. It would have to be. I don't think I can do anything this month. It'd have to be early to mid-May, right? Um, Mid-May, yeah. Maybe the 18th, 19th, 20th. Yeah. That actually might be the only weekend I could do it. Yeah, let's do it. We'll figure it out. No, I shouldn't say that. Let's ask Eric about the 18th, 19th, and 20th. Send it in the group message right now. Because if I say, we'll figure it out, we'll never figure it out. Oh, yeah, it'll That's be... true. Next thing we know, it'll be that weekend. Yeah, that well, that's the weekend he though. might be coming back. How do you know that? Because I have it in my calendar. What? What was? What? What was the reasoning? There was another thing. I don't know if is that the actual wedding that he's going to be up be. here for. It might be. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Well, okay. I can still message him and find out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll figure it out. Uh, okay, yeah. As I said, I don't really, I don't have anything that I can think of that I need to report on for my week. So, uh, why don't we get into what we played? Will you want to talk about Far Cry Five? Do we want to take a break if Corey wants to jet? I'm All good. Right, I made it okay. this far. Yeah, we. I mean, we probably only have another. 20 25 minutes okay um well sir dan you wanted to talk about lord of the rings though oh do you want to yeah why don't we do that first okay uh so Corey a couple weeks ago sent me something uh so it was a book someone it was a russian author right mm-hmm. that they wrote um they wrote uh i guess it's like a middle earth story almost uh but it's based on the perspective of mordor and how the events in the Lord of the Rings history are are wrong and written by the winners, as they put it. Um, and that Mordor was actually a place of high culture and science and learning and healing and all that stuff. And But they were just uh, dragged through the mud because of, uh, a t- I guess, territorial war that they had with, with the, the men of the West. Corey, you know, I mean, you I think you probably read more about it than I did, so... Well, because uh, because you came up with it and sent it to me, I was like, "Oh my god, I I need to read that. That's awesome." I'm trying to find the actual. I don't even remember name. what it's called. Yeah, I can't remember the last ring bear. Sounds right. By Kirill Eskov. Yeah, yeah. The last ring bear, informal sequel to the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. Yes. History is written by the victors. In Eskov's version of the story, Mordor is described as a peaceful country on the verge of an industrial revolution that is a threat to the warmongering and imperialistic faction represented by Gandalf. That's serious. That's an interesting concept. It's a very interesting concept. And I'm going to actually save this because I told you that I would try and find an English version. Uh, It's not officially published in English. There are translations that exist that are apparently just as good as a published version. They don't want to get sued by the Tolkien estate. That's why they haven't published it in English. 
Yeah, I don't blame him. Although, if you were the Tolkien estate, would you approach them and be like, "Let's split, let's split the profits"? I don't. I from what I gather, they're very protective of everything. They don't like iter- iterative works. That'll happen. That'll change, though. The more like, uh, the older the, the fir- yeah, no, I know it's it's gonna get from yeah, it's gonna that that will definitely change. They'll they'll start having an expanded universe like Star Wars and yeah, which is fine. Yep. I mean that's that's why I'm excited for the the TV show for Amazon. Yeah, which I think we talked about before the episode started. Yeah, it's uh the the current deal on the table is five seasons, a billion dollar budget. According to this article, it's crazy. I'm for yeah. that. I might actually watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, well, uh, just quickly. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Star Wars. So, Dan, I mess- I was messaging you about Star Wars the other day. Yeah. I, I had been watching them while I'm at work. Um, so I watched all I watched the prequels. Rogue One and A New Hope in two days. <laughs> just by having them on while I'm at work. Uh-huh. And that's why I was asking uh, asking you about that, Dan. I just wanted to to let you know it didn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. But my question to Dan was, uh, I realized I had no grasp on what actually was happening in the prequels. No idea what the story was. Well, like I said, that's because it, it, was, for me. It, was kind of, it was kind of poorly written. Like, I had to investigate to figure out what was going on. Yeah. And I, I generally have a good mind for the story and character motivation and stuff, but it's, it's a little muddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was reading that, um, I had legitimately no clue that any of that was actually going on. I mean, I probably got some of the details wrong, but the, the gist of the story is was that's what it was. So Okay. Yeah. When, you, when you talked about it like that, I'm like, oh, Star Wars sounds pretty cool. But then I remember it. I'm like, oh, I don't like Star Wars at all. <laughs> It's pretty cool. I'm gonna. They, I found a guide to the Clone Wars series, the uh, similar to my Star Trek in 40 hours or whatever. It just picks out the episodes that you need to watch. So I'm gonna do that for Star Wars Clone Wars. Nice. Rather than watching every episode. Yeah. It's like the Kai version of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right, Will, Far Cry. Far Cry. So I've been playing, I think I put in another 10 hours of Far Cry 5. Um, my mindset still is the same. Uh, what a game that is. It's so much fun. Uh, my only complaint is still that I don't think they let the world breathe enough. Uh, you kind of, when you're just trying to go down a simple hill, you'll be getting attacked by helicopters, trucks driving at you, um, cult members coming out of the woods to try and kill you. So a lot is going on. Um, and like I said, it doesn't really ease off of you at any point, but overall everything else, like that's a pretty minor complaint considering how good the, the rest of the game is. I've pretty much just been screwing around trying to liberate outposts, um, get the companions because there are nine total companions and each area has three. So I went to, uh, the other area to get, um, another companion so i pretty much roll pretty much a stealth rollout with a boomer the dog and an, an archer pretty much is what she is while well, i'm like trying to go through outposts and do them stealth because you get extra bonus money and stuff like that um so that's what i've been doing i've pretty much just been screwing around in the world sandbox world and using my wingsuit flying around uh blowing up 
helicopters, uh, trying to kill the seed family, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Will. Yes. Get get good or uninstall. Sage advice. So who who did you use that on? Was I, it one of your? Yeah, it was it was my my friend Tim. Okay. Because he he said the same thing you you and Eric both did, and that's that it's hard because of how aggressive the enemies are. They are. That's what it, I told him to do. But I mean, I I'm watching this video here, and like the guy is just constantly getting attacked. So I see, get it. And Jake says in the chat that he actually has lots of breathing room. So okay. Um, maybe it's it might, just a different way you play the game. You know, it also might depend what area you go into. I have noticed once I went into the the east where like Faith Seed is, I get attacked a lot less than when I did when I was uh, south uh, dealing with John Seed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because John Seed is a more aggressive ruler in that area, and Faith is more of kind of like a, a hippie. So I don't know if that's kind of if that plays a role into it. I don't know if it goes that deep into the world, but uh, so that's kind of the feeling that I had. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I really, really like Far Cry Five. It's uh, it's probably my favorite Far Cry game, and I held four pretty highly up there in regard. I actually downloaded four back on my PC to play that again at some point. Yeah, I'm really tempted to buy it. I'm going to buy it soon. You will love it. You will love the world, Dan. Well, like you guys, I'm interested in the whole like psycho religious cult aspect of it too. Yeah, That's fascinating to me. So it, it's a really neat concept to have a game around. It, it makes me want to play Bioshock Infinite again. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like really excited to play that. Yeah, again. But yeah, other than that, I don't think I've really been playing too awful much. I've just been just been playing Far Cry. Nice. Okay. Um. As for me, I, I like I said earlier, I got uh, Kirby Star Allies, so I've been playing that. Uh, let me call up the video really quick here. That's what I'm doing on my uh, game channel now too. I'll call that up. Hang on. Yeah. yeah okay. That's Corey, do you have any interest in Far Cry? Oh, he's not on his headset. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, Kirby Star Allies. It's my first experience with a Kirby game, which I didn't really realize until I started playing it. Um, but it's kind of a it's a cutesy platformer. Uh, and the the interesting thing here is I don't know if this was in other games, but you have allies with you. Uh, you can have up to three allies with you. It's it's best played in co op because um, the, the 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 abilities from the from the allies that you have with you kind of interact with one another. So. Uh, when you're Kirby and you you know you swallow a bad guy and you turn into him, so say you you're a guy with a sword. Uh, well, there's a there's a fire guy, there's a ice guy, there's a water guy, there's a lightning guy. So if you hold up hold up on the control stick when you're when you're Kirby with the sword guy, uh, the fire guy, let's say, will charge your sword with fire. So uh, you can do fire attacks, or it'll charge it with wind power, and it'll do wind attacks. Uh, and all the all the it seems like every different level has a different character on it um that you kind of take into your party to unlock puzzles and stuff in the game um and some of them you know are it's it's pretty easy so uh, i haven't run into any trouble with the with the platforming yet uh, and that's been the biggest complaint that i've seen about it so far is that it's it's relatively easy like like a nino kuni 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really finding the the most interesting part of it is the combos that you can do with with your with your allies and and combining their abilities and seeing what what interesting stuff they do. Like one guy's a spider, uh, so he'll he'll throw out uh, spider webs that you can bounce off of, or he'll wrap up en- uh, enemies in his in his spider web, and you can set them on fire and send them flying for for attacks. It's it's really neat the way the the abilities interact with each other. And how the characters use their abilities uh, to manipulate the game world. Uh, like in the in the video right now, it's an umbrella guy is uh, holding off water from a, a rope that you burn to set off an explosion and to unlock the next part of the level. Like that's that stuff's all really neat. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a simple game so far. I think it's only supposed to last like five or six hours. Um, but definitely, I think it would be a fun co op game to play with the family. Um, does the easiness of the game take away from it at all or no? Um, I mean, I was, I was, I was never going into it expecting Celeste, you know? Yeah. So that wasn't, it wasn't a negative. I figured it would be easy because, you know, I, I've, I've beaten really hard platformers. Uh, not, you know, I wasn't expecting Kirby star allies to be a difficult platformer. Mm. So I don't know what people were expecting going in, but Yeah. Okay, so so far so good. Yeah, I'm four four parts into that, so and I, I really like it so far. Yeah, I know a lot of people said that they didn't particularly like the demo of the game, but when they got the full release, they liked it way way more. Yeah, well, as I said, the, the interesting thing for me was is unlocking all the different combo abilities that you do, mm-hmm. uh, and you know if I I didn't play the demo, I downloaded the demo, never never ended up playing it. If it only had one or two, you're like, oh, this is, there's not really a lot going on here. But uh, as I said, as you as you get more allies, you unlock different different abilities, and that's that's what's fun and interesting for me, seeing how those interact. Mm-hmm. So. That's all I played. I I think I played a little Bayonetta. I'm almost done with that, so I can start Bayonetta two. Um, I put uh, Super Mario Sunshine on my computer. I'm gonna start that pretty soon. That game is awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say. Have you played through Sunshine? I played it a little bit on GameCube. I never ended up beating it, but okay, okay, it's awesome. So <laughs> I'm excited to play that one. I uh it's one of my favorite Mario games. Yeah. I one of the thing one of the rumors when the Switch first came out was that they were going to do GameCube games on their virtual console. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping they actually do that cuz I would like to buy it again and have it on the Switch cuz that would be amazing. Mhm. So. Um and that's all I've got. So let's get into feedback, shall we? What? I don't get to talk about anything I played? Did you play anything? I thought you said you didn't play anything else. I didn't play anything new. What, what, did you, I know you played Rocket League. <laughs> well, going back to my last time on the podcast, my last episode, uh-huh. um, I played a lot of Dark Souls 3, and that was very pleasant. Uh, what a great game, and it kind of still gives me hope that there are still video <laughs> video games that I really love and enjoy and can play without getting annoyed or frustrated or anything like that. Um, so that kept me going for the last month or so but lately um it's been nino kuni and i did want to talk a little bit about rocket league only because Mm -hmm. they just had their big spring update which included tournament mode so now there is a tournament mode built into rocket league i did some singles tournaments uh it's pretty 
pretty painless. You just queue up, you find a, a playlist and queue up, and they it's just pretty much just sit from there. And then it'll. I, I'm not sure how they do the uh, matchmaking or what's the word I'm looking for? The brackets, mm-hmm. the the seating. I don't know if they take your highest rank or whatever and then pair you up against somebody with the the highest rank person paired with the lowest rank person. Uh, but that all worked pretty well. They they changed some other things in the game. I don't really have an exhaustive exhaustive list in front of me. Mm-hmm. But a uh, lot of changes, and apparently people are really unhappy with the update. Uh, hmm. I guess the impression is that there were a lot of under-the-hood changes that hurt a lot more than it helped. Uh, I think everybody's uh, excited about tournament mode. Yeah, but, affected gameplay, you mean? Yeah. Like- like okay. people com- com- people uh, are complaining about having less c- uh, control sensitivity, uh, which, uh, which is which is big if you play at a high level. Yeah, I, I had some problems with lag for the first time. Uh, weird kind of things because my ping was low, but I was getting a lot of rubber banding, and I guess that's uh, latency variation. Um. I guess is what causes that. Okay. So like my ping was jumping too much and the server couldn't figure out like whether my ping was 24 or 38. And I guess that over time is enough to cause issues. Um, I, I, I can't do rubber banding. The no, it's time, terrible. The first time I played uh, sea of thieves, I had a lot of rubber banding and it drove me crazy. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. Uh, and I kept telling my, like I was playing online and I was telling my teammates, like, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm lagging so bad. But of course, they just they think you're just making it up. Yeah, they suck. But it's not like they haven't heard that before. Right, right, right. Sorry, sure. lag. Yeah, sure. Sure, blame it on the lag. <laughs> uh, but it turned out I refreshed my uh, power cycled my modem and router, and that seems to have fixed it for now. Oh. So, but that was cool. We do. I do want to do a thumbstick athletes open uh-huh. tournament. Uh, whether it's I'd doubles, be happy to play in it. Singles, whatever. I think that would be fun. And if any of you guys ever want to play Rocket League at any point, just let me know. Because I'm in. I can play on the Switch. Yeah. I guess the new update for the Switch really helped with uh, the graphics. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't see in all the tournament modes, all the tournaments I played, I didn't see any Switch players. Can you tell? Uh, I think, because I know on PlayStation it says Cynet. Right for their i think that's anyone not on the same system you are gotcha so there isn't really a way to tell if it's playstation or not as far as i know that would be interesting though i would like to have like a a tag of some sort saying what system you're playing well no isn't it pc can play with everybody but playstation can't play with xbox and switch right okay playstation can play with pc or playstation pc can play with switch xbox or all three of those can play together right yep okay yep yeah, I was and hoping I, to get some Switch noobs. <laughs> <laughs> there was at first. I, I think they're kind of gone. Uh, <laughs> gave up. I don't play them. Well, there's there's good Switch players, but I, you know, the the noobs are probably faded out at this point. Like me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else, Corey? No, that's it. I I have been playing Hearthstone too, but nothing new to talk about with that. Okay. Uh, so feedback. The first one is from Tate, who says, Sup, dudes. 
first things first, I'm going to do something that better put me in the Thumbstick Athletes Hall of Fame. I will take the famed Fairy Bloom Freesia off your hands. <laughs> and we'll hopefully get to play it soon. And we'll file a report on how amazing it actually is when all the odds were against it. Cheers. Uh, Corey, I'm glad you're here for this. Okay, so last week I asked who would win in a fight between Master Chief and Commander Shepard. I must say I'm glad this is a tough discussion for Will and Dan, but I'm not in favor of Shepard winning this fight. I think if Master Chief was a character in Mass Effect, he would have kicked way more ass. I have a couple points I want to make about the debate and why I'm feeling Master Chief wins the fight for sure. How many people actually went on missions and helped Master Chief throughout the Halo trilogy? I say trilogy because Mass Effect only had the three games, and Halo and four, or Halo 4 and 5 suck in my opinion. But even if we were including Halo 4 and 5, at least Master Chief made it past the third game, which <coughs> Shepard really did. <laughs> Shepard always had his companions with him with special abilities to help with so many situations in this fight against the Reapers. Think of the mission where Shepard and his entire squad infiltrate the collector base Mass Effect 2. Mm. Do you think Shepard accomplishes that all without help? With that without all that help? Nah. Could Master Chief have done it? You bet your ass he could have. And if you think so, let's reference the time he saves Cortana from a flood infested uh, high charity by himself. Not to mention all the other times he went in by himself and took down everyone. The only help he ever had were the worthless Marines who didn't do shit and always ended up getting killed. Sure, he had the Arbiter for some of the story when the Arbiter wasn't trying to kill him. So with all this info, I say Master Chief is very used to getting big shit done by himself and fears nothing. No one Shep- no one Shepherd is not a problem. Mind you, I am a huge fan of Shepherd, but let's be real here. Master Chief is called Master for a reason. In any tribe, the Shepherd works for the fucking Chief. So therefore, Chief is greater than Shepherd. If you if you need any more convincing, think of nostal- think off the nostalgia of all those times you took uh, the covenant with the chief is that nostalgia less than taking on the reapers with Shepard? I doubt it. Come on, gentlemen. In closing, I would love to hear Corey and Eric's thoughts. You guys rock. Tater eight out. I think he convinced me. He he makes good points. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, chief pretty much does everything alone. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts, Corey? Chief, hundred percent. I wouldn't even really had to think about it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, what, what makes you think is pretty much the same thing as kind of what Tate just said. Yeah, Chief's one of a kind. Yeah, sure. You know? I don't know. He's He was bride for what he does. They both died, though, right? Chief is still alive. Yeah, he he's died still at some alive. Point, though? I don't, I don't recall. He, remember he was on the spacecraft and... He got launched into space. He, I guess he survived that whole thing, didn't he? Yeah, because I was at three and he was in four and five. Mm, okay. Well, that's why. I mean, that's a yeah. That's another point for Chief because Shepard died, which Tate pointed out. Yeah. To be fair, I, I think Shepard was think. facing greater odds. Was he? Chief was Reapers, whose entire purpose is to re- reap the life from the Milky Way galaxy. You bring up a good point. I can only remember like the the flood specifically and the covenant, and I don't think they're of the same caliber that the Reapers were. I totally agree with all of his his squad stuff. You're right. Shepard is not a one man show. Uh, Shepard's entire thing is getting people to work together. So that you know, I think he makes a good point there. But I do think the Reapers are greater odds than the the Covenant or the Flood. What year do each of those take place? 
Good you mean in, in the future? Yeah. I have no idea. I would say, well, I don't know. I think doesn't Mass isn't Mass Effect in like 24 or something? 24, 22. Here, let's see if I can find a Halo timeline. Halo is set in 2531. 2531, okay. Uh, Mass Effect, 2183. Okay, so Mass Effect is almost 400 years. Advanced. Okay. There you go. Interesting. Chief it is. (laughs) So apparently Chief survived the Reaper invasion. Because of Shepard. Because of Shepard. Yeah, <laughs> because of Shepard and picking the destroy ending. That was that was my next question was what do you think Chief would have picked at the end? Probably destroy. Synthesize. Which flavor of skills? Probably destroy. Yeah, he I probably think he would go destroy. Yeah. He would see right through the Star Child. Yep. Yeah, he would try to try to shoot the Star Child. Yep. So Alex uh Alex is our next piece of feedback. He also chimes in about the Shepard versus Master Chief debate. So I'm going to read that now. He says, hey, guys. So in the great Shepard versus Master Chief debate, I feel that Master Chief is better, better is on a one on what is better on one on one situations. But Shepard would be better on a team versus team situation based on the book series. Every Spartan in Halo goes through genetic modification to make them stronger, taller, faster and smarter than any other human. So my money is on Master Chief if it's an all out brawl, mealy style. But on the other hand, if it was a space battle between two fleets of ships, that could be a toss-up between the two. Also, I watched Ready Player One. The movie is way different than the books. The clues and keys are nothing alike. Uh, but there is a ton of nostalgia in the movie, and that will bring a smile to any who attend. That's all. Have a good one, Alex. So, yeah, okay. So on a team fight, Shepard probably wins, yes? Yeah. But one-on-one, probably Master Chief. Let's not forget that. I'm sure you guys brought this up last week, but Shepard has superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Talked about biotics and stuff. Yeah, that's that's why we we ended up. Uh, that's why we ended up going with Shepard. Yeah. Um, was was specifically because of that, and also because of the, uh, um, at least uh, from two on, he's partially cyborg himself. You know, he's partially cybernetic himself. Good point. So I think he's he's a little more. Uh, uh, Strong, uh, not strong is not the word. Uh, what, what am I looking for? He's a little more sturdy than your average human, I guess. Is what I'm trying to say. Who's got the better reinforcements, though? Shepard. Well, well, if you think about it, Chief's reinforcements have just been fodder for <laughs> six games at this point. They are Good mostly point. fodder. Good point. The only way that it's not fodder is if you're playing multiplayer. That with somebody who's another Spartan. Yeah, because the Spartans are all, well, the Spartans are all wiped out by the time the, uh, the events of Halo start. He's the, he's the last there's, is there more Spartans later on in this, in the series? I don't, there's, yeah, but I don't know when they come in. I think Halo five had new Spartans to be honest. Halo five. Let me look that up. Spartans. So yeah, the other, so did you play Halo 5, Dan? No, I've played past, I, I did. I, I think I played Halo 4. That was on the 360, right? Yes, so that okay. was on the 360. That was the last one I played. So in Halo 5, they introduce um, new Spartans to the series. Because how the story campaign is split up is Chief and his team 
of I think two or three people. Three other Spartans are like doing something, and then there's four other Spartans that are trying to catch up to Chief to see what he's doing. Is kind of the gist of the story. Okay. So there are new ones now, I guess. Gotcha. I still I would like to see this fight played out, you know. Uh, celebrity deathmatch style <laughs> exactly like that that would be fantastic that's a show they need to bring back could you that would be that would do so well today yeah yeah it would i agree that was that was good stuff back in the day i'm gonna send a note to netflix oh yes good call all right uh, okay, next piece of feedback is from Idaho Jake, who says, Hey guys, sorry for ta- taking the last three weeks off of feedback, but it has been crazy. First of all, last Friday, my son signed up and got uh, Squirn to join. Oh, uh, he's joining the Army. He leaves June 5th for basic oh, wow. and then off to artillery training because he wants to blow shit up. that's awesome congratulations yeah uh now far cry 5 is such fun such a fun game graphically is amazing and the one thing you guys didn't mention was the skill tree you can put your perk points anywhere instead of needing to take this skill to get another skill yeah now for idaho jakes this day in gaming history in 1999 nhl blades of steel 99 came out on nintendo 64 2004 fight night 2004 oh fight night 2004 came out on pst and xbox fight night was awesome uh fight i played fight night round three so good. Um, Doom 3 came out on Xbox in 2005, and in 2016, Quantum Break came out for Xbox One. Well, that's it for me. Uh, hope to see you live and carry on. Thanks, Jake. Okay. There needs to be a new Fight Night game, by the way. I would love to see a new Fight Night game. I would. I love I play, boxing. I play. I like boxing too. I played the crap out of Fight Night Three. Mm-hmm. Played the crap out of it. Not a fan of that UFC, but I do like me some boxing. Well, but it, there's less going on in boxing. Mm-hmm. It's more straight up, less and violent. I I really liked. Well, that's that's why I like it. It's le- it's less violent. It's a little more graceful. Yeah. But the game, the it, it's easier to make a fight night game, a boxing game, seem realistic than a than a UFC game. I always wish I was alive when boxing kind of was at its peak. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like a massive, massive event. It still is, but when the certain people box, like Mayweather, um, but it's not nearly as popular as it was. It's because it's very corrupt. Yeah. Oh. Unfortunately, but yep. what isn't corrupt today? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good <laughs> point. Uh, okay, so let's do the game giveaway. So we had three people, right? Three people, yep. Tate, uh, Alex, Tate, Jake. Tate is one, Alex is two, Jake is three. The winner is number two, which was Alex. Yes. Alex. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so we do have that same issue as last week because <laughs> we didn't oh. re- reorder. <laughs> Maybe Corey can fix that real quick while he's on. What? <laughs> Somehow we deleted the numbers off the games list. Oh. Is, is there an easy way for you to put it back on there? Um, let me have a look. I'm pretty sure I did it because I just was deleting the game. I wasn't even taking the number off. I just erased the game from the list. And as we got new games, I was just going to plug them into those empty slots. You can't just highlight it and replace the numbers? What do you mean? 
No, all the numbers are gone. There's literally no numbers on the thing anymore, I guess. Tito says that's an easy fix. I fixed it. Did oh, you? you did? Yeah. Perfect. We're back Thanks. in business. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> well, you're better with the office documents stuff than did we you, are. Have you erased games? I took games, games off. But like you said, I, I, I number didn't 13 doesn't have anything next to it anymore. Yeah. And number 80. Okay. Yeah, those are games people picked. I Like I said, I figured just when we got new games, I would plug those into those empty slots rather than deleting the numbers and changing things around. Hmm. We have to find Fairy Bloom Freesia, though, because yes. Kate generously took our favorite game away. Yeah. Uh, Do you want me to remove Fairy Bloom Freesia from the list? Yeah. Yes. The soundtrack, too? Is that on the Did same he get the thing? soundtrack with it? Sure. Probably. probably. Right. Yeah, if he was so kind. The whole package. So I'm going to remove these from the list. After we get done recording the episode, I'll send send the games out that people have picked. Corey, so. I, don't, I don't know if you'll believe this, but we didn't. We panicked last week, didn't know how to fix it, so I just went through and picked random games. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, because we still wanted to do the giveaway. Who's got Mythic Wonders, the Philosopher's Stone? That Maybe. sounds like a winner cool so okay we're one through 176 now yeah it looks like some of those games though that were sub games the way i set up the list was if a a game came with other games then they were one game was the main list item and then the other games were the sub list item yes um, but that seems to have been removed, so you'll just kind of have to play it by ear, which has happened before, so yep. I wouldn't worry too much about it. But Okay, well, so Alex, hold on, let me write on here so I have this all nice and handy, if I can. Nope, maybe you have to do it, Corey. What, what are you trying to do? Uh, I'm trying to edit it, but I don't think I can, because I think you're using it. Shared note. How do I save and leave? It's been so long. Oh, wait, I got it now. Thanks, I think it just saves. Just, does, are you seeing the numbers? Yes, I am. Okay. All right, okay. I'm sending... Go ahead, Will. So the first game, 176, and that is... That's a pretty good one. Rainbow Six Siege. Nice. Apparently Eric's game. Okay. So... Um, we'll have to get him to uh, get the code. So Rainbow Six Siege is numero uno. Um, next is 40, and that is Nuclear Throne, which, incidentally, that came up last week, too, in my, uh, in my games that I picked. Nice. Uh, 12, and 12 is... Beyond Eyes. Sounds like a winner. Yeah. Um, Beyond Eyes. Paste. Um, Next is 65. 65 is Outlast, which is a Dan game. Outlast was good. It was good. It was good. And last but not least is 34. 34 is the beginner's guide. I mean, that's a solid list of games, actually. Uh, yeah, those yeah. are all good. That might be one of the best uh, 
list of games. So, so far, or, well, your games list is Rainbow Six Siege, Nuclear Throne, Beyond Eyes, Outlast, or The Beginner's Guide. Alex, so. Yeah. Enjoy whichever one you want. Yeah, let us know. Uh, next week, I don't think we have a topic just yet, so uh, we will keep posted on episode 351, right? Yeah. Anything else anyone wants to add? I'm sending this uh, message to Reed Hastings, Netflix, Jeff Bezos, and Amazon Prime Video uh-huh. about Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> they, like they'll it. remember that, probably. Cause Those that was... are the right guys, right? Yeah, definitely. That no, was... I have nothing else to add, Dan. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, that'll do it for episode 350 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. One, two, three.